from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan, reporting from Washington. With a new administration and a new Congress, the focus in Washington is on change. And many people are wondering what President Barack Obama should do to address our ailing economy and energy policy. API's President and CEO Jack Girard is in the studio to share his thoughts with us today. Welcome, Jack. Thanks, Jane. Is it possible to even talk about the ailing economy without addressing energy issues? Well, the economy is uppermost in the minds of all Americans right now. And as we know, energy is closely tied to the economy. To have economic recovery and to be able to create the types of jobs we all desire, we've got to make sure we've got adequate energy in this country. Energy is the lifeblood. It's the pillar, if you will, of everything we do. We think about our day-to-day activities, be we driving our car or living in our home, our heat, our power, and all the manufacturing that goes on in this country is all tied to energy. So economic policy and energy policy are closely tied. So as we see a new administration come to town, uh, we're hopeful and positive that they will stay focused on that to recognize that economic recovery is going to require a lot of thought about energy policy and how we best implement energy policy for the future. How can energy policy, specifically development of America's energy resources, help the economy? Well, as I mentioned, energy policy is closely tied to the economy. A lot of people don't realize, but when you look at the uh, sector that we work in, the oil and gas industry, today we have over 6 million jobs in the oil and gas industry. 2 million direct jobs and about 1.8 indirect jobs or people, excuse me, close to 4 million indirect jobs or individuals whose livelihoods, whose occupations depend upon a robust oil and gas sector. So when we look at the interrelationship between the two, these are high-paying jobs. They pay oftentimes two to two and a half times more than average wages in the United States. They're technical jobs. They require education. They're types of jobs we'd all aspire to have. So the more of these types of jobs that we can create, the better off we'll be in our economy. We'll uh, provide the energy, the public needs, uh, but at the same time we'll employ people and allow them to enjoy a high standard of living. So you're inferring that if we were able to produce more domestic oil and natural gas, that perhaps we could indeed create more jobs in the energy sector? Absolutely. In addition to those 6 million jobs that we have today, there's been a recent study by ICF International that concluded when you look at the vast amounts of oil and gas that we have here in the United States, that unfortunately for the last 27 years have been placed off limits by the Congress of the United States, if we were allowed to develop those resources, we would create at least another 160,000 jobs by the year 2030. The other important part of this energy development that oftentimes goes overlooked is the amount of revenue that comes into federal, state government, and local economy as a result of these oil and gas jobs. It's estimated that that same oil and gas resource in the United States, if we were allowed to develop it, would generate over $1.7 trillion into government coffers uh, to support uh, state and local activities. But there are plenty of industry critics who say we really shouldn't be drilling for oil and natural gas now and that we need to be turning our attention in terms of energy policy towards alternatives and renewables. 
How do you respond to that? Well, we're all for alternative energy sources. Uh, our industry is the biggest investor in research and development to pursue uh, new energy technologies. Over Since 2000, there's been about $188 billion spent in research and development to find those breakthrough technologies. Of that, the oil and gas industry has spent $121 billion. So we are the leaders in new technology and new energy technologies. We are anxious to see other energy forms uh, come to the marketplace. As people often talk about alternative sources, we're the developers of those technologies. As we invest in this research and development, we will eventually get significant breakthroughs. The other thing that should not be overlooked but is often forgotten by all of us is the oil and gas industry is essentially essential to the creation of those new alternative energy jobs. Let me give you just one example. Talk about the oil and gas space. That gas we often refer to as natural gas. 96% of everything manufactured in the United States is touched by the business of chemistry. Through the business of chemistry, we are able to create the windmills. We're able to create the solar panels, the treatment on windows to make us more energy efficient, to create lighter weight plastics to make our cars more energy efficient and lighter. In the United States, that business of chemistry that does all that is provided raw natural gas as their primary source of material they work with. And this is not just heating and powering. We take natural gas, we change its molecular structure, and convert it into products that allow us to make windmills, to make solar panels, to make the heating and design elements in our autos and in our homes. So the oil and gas industry is going to be essential to a successful alternative energy technologies. So we're going to be part of that, and in many ways we are the leaders of the drivers of that innovation. Last fall, Congress allowed the moratorium on offshore drilling to expire, opening portions of the Outer Continental Shelf to exploration and production for more natural gas and for oil. But are you concerned that the Obama administration and the new Congress might take steps to limit your access to those areas? Well, there will be some who believe that we ought to go back to the outdated policy of restricting energy development in the United States. We think that would be a big mistake. Uh, I believe that the Congress will look at this issue closely, but I don't think it's likely that they'll impose the type of blanket moratorium that we've had, unfortunately, for the last 27 years. There will be some of our critics and some who, in my view, just don't know any better, will believe that we should go out and restrict these energy sources. The reality is that all the experts and all the reports suggest that we're going to need at least 11% more energy in this country than we have today by the year 2030. So the fundamental question comes down to where are we going to get that energy? How are we going to continue to provide what the public needs to enjoy the standard of living that we all enjoy. And again, most of us believe and feel strongly we should develop those resources here. In the last six to eight months, as uh, the price of gasoline rose where it did and the public's attention focused on that cost, when they discovered that the Congress for 27 years has placed off limits the oil and gas in this country, they rose up in big numbers. Today, the public, by two to one, says we should develop our own domestic resources. So we feel strongly we need to stay focused on that. We need to remind people we have the capacity in this country to provide a large amount of our energy needs. 
We just have to have the political will to do it. So we're hopeful that in this public discourse, in this dialogue with the new administration and new Congress, that we'll sit down and recognize we don't need a moratorium on these resources. We can develop them in a cost-effective way and protect the environment and bring them to the public's, for the public's use uh, for all of our benefit. And you feel confident that these resources can be developed in a way that doesn't harm the environment? Absolutely. Our industry is the envy of the world. When people look at technology, when they look at the amounts of dollars we have spent to make sure we protect the environment, uh, it's unrivaled when you look at the global economy and what we do in the industry of oil and gas. For example, uh, we spend approximately $582 since the year 1990 for on equal to $582 for every man, woman, and child in this country to protect the environment as we develop these these resources. Uh, It's amazing what we've been able to accomplish and what we can do to add value to uh, our economy while at the same time protecting the environment. If you could deliver a message to President Obama today or to the new Congress, what would you say? I would simply say let's work together, let's stay focused. Everybody is laser-focused on this economy right now, as we should be. It should be the number one priority. But what we should always remember is closely tied to that number one priority is energy policy. If we get the energy policy right, it will help us in economic development. It will help us for the long term to not only bring this economy back, but provide for the future for each one of us, for our children, and for our grandchildren. But we've got to be thoughtful. We've got to stay focused on it, and we've got to think of it in comprehensive long term. We need to develop it for the future. We can do it in this country. We can do it cost-effectively while protecting the environment. So that would be a simple message uh, that we hope would resonate and that we can all work together to accomplish this challenging task. Jack Gerard, thank you for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.